0: Hey folks, my name is Ike Morgan and we are Down in Alabama. Now, we're literally Down in Alabama, covering as much news as we can from Lookout Mountain to Mobile Bay. And Down in Alabama is also the name of our show. We spend about three to five minutes daily going over a handful of news and culture stories that are a mix of the top stories and maybe the most overlooked stories and sometimes just the most Alabama stories of the day. Now, there's not a strict definition of what the most Alabama stories of the day are, but you know them when you see them. So y'all come on by and give us a listen and bring a sense of humor because we take the news seriously, but not ourselves. The show is called Down in Alabama, and we're available wherever you listen to your podcasts. For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. As the novel coronavirus wreaks havoc in Alabama and across the world, these are the stories of those seeking to survive the disease and its economic strain. It's coming. The question is, does it come in such a way
1: that it overloads our health system? And if we can mitigate that, then our county, our region, will be stronger.
0: Today, we hear from Tuscaloosa Mayor Walt Maddox. We caught up with Maddox, who is now in his fourth term as mayor, to talk about leadership through another crisis nearly nine years removed from the April 27th tornado and subsequent recovery. We also addressed the financial toll that the coronavirus could have on his city and Alabama's late response to COVID-19, and how he remains hopeful through another difficult period in Tuscaloosa. On March 26th, citing a rapidly developing situation, Maddox issued an executive order to extend a citywide curfew to 24 hours. More than a week before, Governor Kay Ivey issued a stay-at-home order for Alabama that began on April 4th. Good
2: afternoon, or good evening, rather. Uh, Thank you for coming out on such late notice. I come to you tonight with very serious news, but I don't come to you as mayor. I come to you tonight as a husband to Stephanie and a dad to Eli and Taylor and a son of Robert and Diane Maddox that grew up in Idlewood in East Tuscaloosa. And it's clear to me that we must act, which is why that I have signed an executive order which has the concurrence of the Alabama Department of Public Health. And this executive order will be extended, will extend the public safety curfew for Tuscaloosa residents to 24 hours a day. Tonight, we have moved past a green light to a yellow light if the negative trends that we see continue we will move to a red light which will mean we will have to shut down tuscaloosa
0: maddox has since held several virtual press conferences and town halls featuring local medical officials and others to discuss the coronavirus impact
2: welcome to another mayor's town hall virtual town hall meeting i am joined by jackie wasa we know her well
0: He's also filmed himself and others venturing out to Tuscaloosa restaurants to buy meals and encourage the community to support small businesses during the crisis.
2: Uh, Tuscaloosa, hang in there, uh, Hokado. Thank you for a great meal. Go order carryout from Hokado. All of our local uh, restaurants. Let's help them during this critical time. Uh, stay tuned. Maddox That's
0: is a senior fellow with the Program on Crisis Leadership at Harvard University's Kennedy School of Government. As of Tuesday. Alabama had 1,980 COVID-19 cases, with 50 reported deaths. There are currently 31 confirmed cases in Tuscaloosa County. Mayor Maddox, your record in leading your city through a crisis is well known. I'm referring obviously to the 2011 tornado, and, and these events are obviously incomparable, but... How do you think that that experience, one that brought so much unpredictability and hardship in your community, how do you think that helped you prepare to help Tuscaloosa through this pandemic?
1: It certainly has been a compass for us in this, in this episode because there, well, there's a couple of reasons why. First is there is the declaration of the national disaster side. So the accounting, finance, uh, legal restrictions, all those things that you have to learn very quickly, as we did after April 27th, uh, myself and our team members, we have a good idea of what's going to be required from us now in five years from now. So, one, the way we organize ourselves operationally, we have a better idea. Number two is we have the understanding of the critical focal points in any sort of emergency operation. And what I've seen this time is we're more seamless in our operations. We are more defined in what we need to do every day, and there is less confusion. Now, certainly, there are differences. This reminds me more of preseason football practice, where you're getting ready for your opponent. You actually have time to truly prepare. So we'll see in three to four weeks, you know, the work that we put in. Does it help flatten the curve? Does it save lives? We'll see. But I I do believe that the work that our team has done will save lives and that we will be as effective as possible in responding to this pandemic. Now, that being said, this may be harder. And the reason why is, unlike April 27, 2011, although Alabama was certainly impacted with 40-plus counties being declared presidential disaster areas, the nation was not. And so we were able to get a quick influx of, Federal aid and Governor Bentley, to his credit, uh, provided resources to us uh, and allowed the city to manage those resources. This time around, the entire nation is being stretched and our state is being stretched. So we will literally be on our own and we're preparing as such. And if we're able to get help from our federal and state partners, that certainly will be a great thing. And I think we all go into this knowing. That this is a crisis moment for our nation and communities are going to have to fight for themselves to come out the other side better.
0: You were a busy person before this ever started, and, and I can only imagine what it's like now. Can you take me through your typical day right now from when you wake up until you go to bed?
1: <laughs> well, I, and this was even before this started, but I, I typically wake up at 4.30. I do an hour's worth of uh emails and, and drink a cup of coffee or two, and then go exercise, get to the office between 7 to 7.15. And now, for most of the day, I'm at our operations center at the amphitheater, and meetings involve employee issues related to the coronavirus, policy issues, uh, legislative issues with the city council, and just the day-to-day operations of the city as we've had to turn the way we work upside down in the last three to four weeks, And it's also a measure of working with community stakeholders like the University of Alabama, Druid City Regional Medical Center, the County Commission, and and the City of Northport. But they're long days. I mean, there's no getting around it. And you know, we went a stretch of about 17 days in a row that uh, we worked every single day, and then we were this weekend able to get some time off, which was good for our team. But it's intense right now because we know what's coming. We know people's lives are at stake. And to personalize it even more, when I go to work every morning, I'm fighting for Stephanie, I'm fighting for Taylor, I'm fighting for Eli, I'm fighting for my parents. We are all targets of this, and our healthcare system is a target of it. So All the work we do every day goes into having Tuscaloosa ready to meet this moment.
0: Well, and you've been active on social media, too, often directly answering people's questions about closing non-essential businesses and even shutting down the city, with you often explaining that the city has limited power to do things like that. And I wonder, how difficult has that made it for you and the city government to remain proactive in fighting coronavirus and keeping the community safe? And what measures have you taken to sort of get around it?
1: Well, we certainly have stretched ourselves as much as we can, and we appreciate the support that we have received from the governor and the attorney general's office in protecting our community. And I have a better insight than most. Uh, running statewide for a year and a half, I know the differences between Sand Mountain and the shoals and the beach areas and, and the wire grass. So giving cities the ability to be proactive, um, I think, will save lives in the end. I've tried to use social media as a tool to get information. Um, I can't answer all the emails I'm getting, which are hundreds a day. I can't answer all the requests that we receive on social media. But when I can find pockets of time, I do try to respond to questions that I know that I've got multiple requests for so that we can get as much information out there as possible. What we're fighting is, is so fearful. A tornado comes to your city, and you may even have a couple of days of warning, you may have a watch and then you have the event and then it's over. This has been a lingering cloud for nearly a month and we probably got another six to eight weeks. My goal is to provide as much information as possible to help reduce the amount of fear and anxiety in our community. You know, for me to boil it down to my life, I, I worry about my my wife and my daughter and my son and my parents who are in their seventies. We all come to work knowing that we're fighting for really something greater than ourselves and so as much information as we can put out there maybe just maybe what if we can do our part to mitigate the impact of the coronavirus it's coming the question is does it come in such a way that it overloads our healthcare system and if we can
0: mitigate that then our county our region will be stronger well, and almost 81,000 people filed for unemployment in Alabama last week, according to the Alabama Department of Labor. People are obviously concerned about the financial toll that coronavirus will have nationally as well as locally. For instance, our reporting said that if Alabama's football season is delayed or canceled, the city's economy could face up to a $200 million loss. Is that projected figure accurate as of now, and what is your broad outlook on Tuscaloosa's economic future as this goes on?
1: I think the number could be even more if we lost football season, quite frankly, and it would have a devastating impact for years to come on Tuscaloosa's economy. And if you think about it, Tuscaloosa, Auburn, Orange Beach, Gulf Shores, we're probably the four cities that stand to lose the most in all of this, either because of losing tourism or losing the impact of college students in football season, and just not football season. Springtime was a big loss for us. Graduation, gymnastics, softball, baseball, all those things grow your economy. And then you think about 25,000 plus students leaving Tuscaloosa. Forget just the impact on the census and what that's going to do. But that is a half billion dollar annual spending that just left your community that may not come back. Now, certainly we will recover some of that. But That in and of itself, now certainly it was the right decision because you always choose lives over livelihood. But that's an economic depression in and of itself. Auburn and Opelika will likely face the same issue. I know from talking to the mayors, they do. And then you think about the coastal impact. So for us, it's not as if our, uh, it's not only that our economy stopped, it's that we took massive population loss. If you took the number of students that we lost out of Tuscaloosa, that would be the 24th largest city in the state that's larger than 439 remaining cities in the state of Alabama. To give you some sense, it's like losing Pelham, it's like losing Troy, it's like losing Mountain Brook. That's how much we lost. And so it is going to be a real challenge for us. Um, It's a challenge we will meet because we don't lose in Tuscaloosa. And we are strong financially, which to me is, I'm so proud of because after April 27th, we had the cash flow over $50 million, we paid back our reserves, and now we're going to meet this challenge. But we are in store for some very difficult times, make no mistake about it. And so our team is trying to bifurcate between the health care crisis and the economic crisis. And it's going to be the greatest challenge of our lifetimes here at the city of Tuscaloosa. But We're going to meet it. We have no choice. It's what's demanded of us, and we're going to meet it.
0: On Friday, Governor Ivey issued a stay-at-home order for Alabama after previously resisting calls for a statewide shelter in place that most states had already imposed, including the states that border Alabama. So I'm wondering, what is your feeling about the state's response to this crisis so far, and how do you think Tuscaloosa's effort might differ from that?
1: Well, I certainly believe Tuscaloosa was on the forefront of taking action and that is because the governor and attorney general actually gave us the ability to do it and so they should be commended for that and the governor should be commended for that are there things that I believe certainly could be done different absolutely but I don't think it does anyone any good at this point in time to question it the governor has an immense responsibility she can't focus just on the city limits of Tuscaloosa she has to focus from Huntsville to Mobile and needs and, and, and crises are different in every community. So if I do feel like something needed to be done differently, that would be something I would discuss, uh, directly with Governor Ivy. And I've appreciated her open door policy to me. Uh, we've communicated several times during the course of this crisis. And we certainly were competitors back in the political arena in 2018. But I just believe that politics at this point in time is pointless and it puts people at risk we're going to work with all of our partners in trying to save as many lives as possible and i commend the governor for continuing to listen to mayors Uh, she's had several conference calls with us we've all had several individual conversations with them and her and her team are listening and they're trying to balance the immense needs of our state. And I give Governor Ivey great amount of credit for giving mayors like myself the freedom to do what we can within Alabama law. And I certainly believe that from our conversations, she is extremely concerned. And she is going to do everything within her power to make Alabama safe. When this is over, we will have plenty of time to judge what went right and what went wrong. But now I think everything we do needs to be forward-leaning or, or it's wrong. It's just wrong. We can't put politics ahead of people at this point. And let's face it, there is not a perfect science to this. This is the first time in 100-plus years our country has been through something like this. There is no playbook, and everyone is working as hard as they can. I know within my my administration, and I believe across the state, to make the right decisions for the people of Tuscaloosa, the people of this region, which Tuscaloosa serves in West Alabama, and the entire state. Again, I'm I'm very hesitant to say something should have been this way or that way. Um, I'm going to do my job. That's what I get paid to do, and I will continue to work with our partners at the state and federal level.
0: My last question for you, communication is obviously paramount, during this crisis, and your office has used different tones to make the message as clear as possible, both data-driven and stern, as well as lighter with humorous signage uh, about social distancing placed throughout the city. What's the challenge in helping Tuscaloosa understand the magnitude of this crisis with facts that are often sobering while maintaining a hopeful attitude about making it through? Well, that's the real balance of... Explaining the seriousness
1: of it, while at the same time, letting everyone know that together we can get through this. You asked an earlier question about the lessons of April 27th. And one of the stable, positive comments that we received, or consistent positive comments we received, was that you gave us hope. And we should have a lot of hope. I've never seen this community come together even after April twenty seventh, like I've been seeing it in the last couple of weeks. Everyone is having to make a sacrifice, some greater than others. But everyone is sacrificing something. I mean I think about you know, my own family. I won't get to see Taylor walk across the stage or Eli play his first season of, of baseball. You know, Stephanie and I are gonna miss that. And you know, for me it feels like I've lost something. I think about families across this city who've lost jobs, who've lost their business, who wonder how they're going to pay the bills. Their loss is certainly greater than any loss I've had of the future. And then I think about those who are sick and those who will become sick and what their future will bring. We all have a great sense of loss and to work ourselves out of that, we have to have hope. And so what we've tried to do is balance the need for the truth with the need for a confident hope that we will, we absolutely will find our way out of this. And along the way, along the way, it's okay to smile. Along the way, it's okay to find joy. Along the way, it is perfectly acceptable to hear the laugh of a child or to enjoy a brief moment of respite from everything that we face. And we're trying our best at the city to balance all of it. And we will continue to do that moving forward in the future. And we should have a confident hope because we will rise out of this and we will fight our way back.
0: And we will again regain our lives. Mayor Maddox, thank you for taking the time. I know you're busy and you don't have a lot of it, but I appreciate it and wish you luck. Hey, Ben, thank you as always. Take care. If you or anyone you know is affected by coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. For all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact Alabama, visit al.com slash coronavirus. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. Thanks for listening.